0: A podcast about horror movies, sexuality, and feminism. I'm your host, Chicago comic Kristen Ryan, and today with us we have Kristen Lumberg. Kristen,
1: hello. Hello. I'm Kristen Lumberg.
0: She's one of my favorite Chicago <laughs> comics. She was a Thanks. finalist in New York City's She-Devil Festival, and you can see her in showcases all over
1: Chicago, like seriously, nearly every night. Seriously, like in the sewer. <laughs> all right. I specialize in alternative spaces. Um... <laughs> I'll do a street corner comedy. Uh,
0: so, oh. Kristen, you wanted me to ask you. You were also in a horror movie. It's called Other People's Heads.
1: Yeah, I was just in. You know, I was uh, just in a small, low budget film called Other People's Heads, and I played the part of a severed head. <laughs> and um, it's it's not out yet, but I remember walking on set, and the dress. The director asked me. He said. Uh, He said, if you don't mind, we're going to shoot your head first. (laughs) And I said, I was born head first.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's great. So how did they shoot it? Did they put you, like, behind a table, or was it...
1: Um, I was actually laying down, and my head was uh, to be found by one of the characters in a box. So... They uh, did makeup going around my neck um, of, all kind of all kinds, all kinds of uh, blood and gore stuff around my neck, and then they laid me down and put my head in a box, and you know that had a hole where my neck is supposed to go, and then uh, and that's it. It was very, it was very simple. It was probably, I don't know, that's probably an old hat trick. It's and were you it.
0: were you alive or were you dead?
1: I was dead, okay. but dead. Uh, in a way that, have you ever seen an American Horror Story that won, uh, uh, what is it, the third season, Coven? hmm And they have uh, the one woman who has the curse put on her forever. She has to live forever.
0: Oh, Kathy Bates's character, right?
1: Yes. Uh, and her head gets cut off, but she's still alive because that's her curse. She has to be alive forever, so I don't Yeah, I think of that. That's cool. (laughs) Awesome. Anyway. When is this going to come out? Uh, I have no idea. (laughs) Hopefully soon.
0: (laughs) Well, when it does come out, we'll plug Uh, it. Other Um, people's heads. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. So how do you feel about horror as a genre
1: in itself? Um, I I love horror. And especially as being a, a comedian, I find that comedy and horror are very closely related. Probably more than most people would think, um, simply because there is a surprise element to both, and uh, I don't know that speaks that speaks really strongly to me. I like uh, I like connecting the two, you know, because when you laugh, you're surprised, but then when you're scared, you're also surprised. But then when you're scared and you're surprised, that can be funny, like mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> No, I totally I sometimes. <laughs> I
0: agree with that as well, which is it's one of the main reasons I wanted to start this podcast and have comics on. And like, additionally, within the horror genre, much like comedy, I feel like there's so many different variations. And yeah. what makes me mad is people are so quick to disregard comedy and horror. Right. Like, I don't like it. Like, that's mm-hmm. like saying you don't like music. There's so many different kinds in there.
1: Right. There's something for everybody. Right. Um... I think sometimes people have trouble coming to terms with the reality that uh, horror puts us in. And people want to find holes in that reality. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm comfortable with whatever reality that they put there. And I don't want to find holes. I don't know. It's a man's job. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to find holes. I just want to live in the real the weird place that the that horror takes us.
0: Yeah, I, I find it's, that as well. Like I like being in the moment and just like going along, especially like in literature with a sense of magical realism. Like yeah. I love that kind of it's thing. It's a
1: wild ride, man. Mm-hmm. Just accept it. <laughs> <laughs> so what is the first horror movie you remember seeing? Um now this this doesn't really qualify as a horror movie, but this movie scared me. So I'm going to say this is the first horror movie uh, I saw. Pounds. It was uh, Mommy Dearest. Oh, that's a horror movie. You think that's a horror mi- <laughs> totally. I think it's kind of dramatic. I think it could be like a dramatic, uh, bi- uh, could it be a biography? Yeah, that's, you know? yeah. But it's, it's scary to, I mean, especially as a... A young girl, when I saw it, um, my mom made me watch it. And uh, she made me watch a lot of horror movies. And a lot of mom-centric <laughs> horror movies. <laughs> and kidding. then she was... Like, she made me watch... No, she she was trying to be like, See, Kristen, I'm not that bad. You know? Yeah. She was, like, comparing herself to these moms in these horror movies. And uh, so she made me watch Mommy Dearest... She made me watch, um, uh, what is it, Roses in the Attic, Ooh, which is yeah. a movie about, I'm not sure if it's uh, oh, is it a mom. Was it Flowers in the Attic? Flouder, flowers
0: in the Attic. Yeah, that's, that gets weird that and it? incestual, doesn't it? Yes,
1: it does. Yeah. And they, uh, I, I think it's the mom that locks those children up in the mm-hmm. attic, is that right?
0: I'm pretty, I haven't actually seen it.
1: It's something weird, It's some weird stuff with family happens. And then she made me see Serial uh, Mom.
0: Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> but yeah, that is weird that she brought it out.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean those are all those are all really great movies. But I think um, you know having that, uh, *Mommy Dearest* being like the first horror movie I saw, um, really affected how I see horror now because *Mommy Dearest* had some had humor. And I think that's kind of what links all of these is there there is like an aspect of humor that goes beyond just the element of surprise. Um, you know, where these villains are being humanized. And it's like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, th- I just gravitate really strongly to, to that, to those, to those kinds of films that are like, yeah, they're scary, but then, you know, there's like kind of funny, quirky stuff that happens too. It's humanizing.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's so. funny that you mentioned American horror story because I feel like they do that really well in season one and in yeah. the last season is like when you the, uh, the season one when all the ghosts are living together in this house, you have yeah. to think about like well if I had to live with someone for eternity, shit they do it would probably get on my nerves you know
2: oh yeah. <laughs> but so. then
1: you have to accept that as the as the reality that you're in like if you were... One of those people, you you have no choice but to live with those other ghosts. And mm-hmm. so you create ways of dealing with those people, which I think is a good uh, life skill. <laughs> it's a good model yeah. <laughs> to live by. Because you can't change people. Yeah. You can't change people. Okay, they can't change that they're physically in, in limbo or hell. Mm-hmm. They can't change that. But you also can't change people. And it's just it's just very entertaining to see how people uh, deal with each other in that, especially in that one because they're physically stuck there.
0: Yeah, um, and I love that the you know the characters were allowed to have that kind of dimension and you get to know them. Like what I hate in a horror movie is when you don't know why your main character is evil.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know? There's no why. Yeah, they're just out there killing. And it's yeah. Like, but why? What happened? That's where the trope. That's where the trope comes in. It's like the person who's writing that. Isn't writing it for a specific person, they're just writing it because they want to make the most badass shit ever. Mm-hmm. Or, I don't know. All right, so yeah.
0: uh, for this episode, Kristen chose The Hills Have Eyes, the 2006 version. And when I first got that message, my thought was, oh shit. <laughs> Because it's a scary-ass movie, man. It is. I've actually, uh, before this, had never watched it in its completion all at once. Like, I was... uh... I always had to take a moment and, like, turn it off and walk away for a couple days and then come (laughs) back. (laughs) But uh, just for those of you who haven't seen it, the AV Club gave this review. uh, Two very different kinds of nuclear families battle it out in The Hills Have Eyes, Alexandra's Aja's remake of Wes Craven's 1977 classic. It was deemed not terrible, just terribly unnecessary. (laughs) And later... I read, uh, you know, the movie's tagline is, The Lucky Ones Die First. And a website that I was reading, their thought on the film was, The Smart Ones Never Bought Tickets. and. Jeez!
2: I,
1: I know, critics were brutal on this movie. Critics are just another form of entertainment, I think. They are. They're, they're, yeah, because that's... Come, no, come on. no 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 no. i mean seriously the the hills have eyes is a very good example of like uh our the zeitgeist of what you know of what we're afraid of and especially in 2006 like we were uh we had we had one uh really important time in history which was the the fall of the twin towers right Mm -hmm. um and I don't, I don't know technically if this movie was made before or after that, but that's, um, it was 2006,
2: we were afraid, so.
1: it was 2006, so we were afraid of, you know, we were xenophobic, okay, so, and then we're afraid of uh, the, these people, the others, you know, the people that aren't, the people that aren't like that, or the people that aren't like us. Um, the Hills Have Eyes taps into a fear that we have as society, uh, especially at that time when we were when our twin towers fell, and I think that makes horror a little more important because uh we're <laughs> we're like we need to be aware that we are xenophobic
2: mm-hmm.
1: we need to have the mirror shown up to us, and then what I loved about the hills have eyes the most is that there are so many humanizing, uh, events that happen, um, where the hill people, um, you see that each one of them is different and each one of them has their own personality. And it's, it shows us the mirror. It's like, man, like, you know, the, the others are people They're They are people too. So, I don't know. That's why I really liked that film. Um, my favorite character was the the little girl with the red hoodie. You oh, remember Ruby? her?
0: Mm-hmm. Ruby.
1: Ruby. Mm-hmm. Of course, Ruby. She is. I don't know. She she is that movie because she's the one that's like on the antagonist side. You know, she's physically on that side, mm-hmm. but she shows compassion for the baby. She tries to rescue the baby at the end. And she shows uh, uh, hatred for her father. You know, her father, who's like one of the hill people who's like uh, trying to kill everyone and take their baby. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, and she shows, she's like, I don't like this. You know, and she runs away from her dad. And it's, in, in that, and in that, her, her uh, running away from her dad and Uh, not liking her dad shows a little humor, too, because that's how teenagers are. She's like a teenager, I guess.
0: Yeah, in that instance, she's kind of like every single child that doesn't like their father or their mom and is mad. Yeah. And, And actually, the children in The Hills Have Eyes is something I was especially moved by because the two children, Venus and Mercury, who are, like, playing when Doug one of the main characters comes and, like, tries to sneak into the town to retrieve Catherine, his baby. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. They're
0: not evil, and they're like, hey, mister, you play with us? Like, yeah. You know, they they want him to stay and hang out with him. You know, they don't have the inclination to, to kill Doug or even tell the other people, the hill people, that Doug is there. Yeah. And, like you said, Ruby wants to do good, wants to see this baby live. So I think, like, there's a theme in there that, you know, children aren't inherently evil. Right. Or, like, children won't be corrupted by the, um, you know, the same bigotry that their parents have, I guess. Yeah. I don't know if, like, killing and eating people would be considered a form of bigotry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, you bigots always eating humans. Yeah,
0: but, I mean... That's funny. I I really enjoyed the, the space where Doug, who is uh, the son-in-law... He goes into that town. Uh-huh. Um, but Doug is an interesting character in himself because he, I didn't realize his name was really Bukowski. I thought that that was the dad, Big Bob, teasing him because uh-huh. he's a writer. Okay. But his name is actually Doug Bukowski. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I did think it was kind of funny. I'm like, wow, the Republican gun-toting dad knows who Bukowski is. That's that's kind of cool. Like, oh, yeah. no, that's just his name. yeah uh- <laughs> Uh, But actually, Doug did annoy me in the beginning because Uh he was just so rude to his wife, Lynn. Yeah. like, being such a baby about being on a road trip.
1: Yeah, and I think all of them were. And uh, the attitude uh, between the family members was... uh, It was true to life to a certain point where people are, like, kind of playfully jostling... At each other, like the the younger brother and sister, um, you know he's he was being a little bitch, <laughs> like he dug the you know about being in a camper in California. It's just kind of like oh calm down, dude. You need, and uh, I the the director did that on purpose. Is they want to show kind of like a the best they could uh, true to life family or you know not everybody's going to be happy they're not like the perfect yeah family
0: in that beginning when they pulled into just respectable. Gas, yeah, yeah. It, when in the beginning when they pulled into that gas station it did feel like a normal family just on vacation and yeah. part of me really just wanted to turn it off right there and be like and they yeah. had a great vacation and they had a great time
1: and, <laughs> and i don't have to watch a scary movie and
0: everybody definitely wasn't murdered oh, by hill oh
1: they have a dog that's great <laughs> yeah. They have two yeah. dogs, and they left with two dogs. Uh, uh,
0: they did not.
1: Yeah. Um, as soon as like, as as soon as I saw the dog, I'm like, oh, yeah, here we go. Oh, I, yes. I hate seeing the dog, because when you see a dog in the horror movie, that dog ain't going to live. You know what I mean? And that dog is going to die heroically, most mm-hmm. likely. And uh, it just always, oh, man, I'm always so... I hate seeing the dogs die. That's, like, the one of the worst it in horror really movies. It
0: is really sad, especially... Uh, Beauty was the dog that died, and then Beast, the other dog, found the body. Yeah. And I'm like, that's sad. Mm-hmm. But I think it, it filled Beast with a vendetta, you know? Yeah. Because he he makes an appearance later and kicks him ass. Yeah. Uh, one thing I found about this movie, did you know that there was a parody made called The Hills Have Thighs? No, I didn't know that. Well, oh, it's actually, it's not a parody. It's like, it was an Appalachian comedy Okay. I, I watched the preview a couple times. I have no idea what it's about. Okay. <laughs> uh, but there's also a porno that was made in 2010 called The Hills Have Thighs.
1: Oh, Jesus. And
0: I guess there is a lawsuit <laughs> between these two groups of people because Bubba, the director of the comedy version, had given the film... To an agent to shop around, and one night saw that The Hills Have Thighs was going to be premiering at like one thirty in the morning on HBO. He was so excited, he called everyone he knew, like all his friends and all his family, asked them to tune in. Tune in. Uh, ha, 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 ha. Whole family tunes in, and it was the porno. Oh no! <laughs> oh, oh man!
1: And
0: oh, that man. movie,
1: <laughs> The Hills, want to scratch their eyes out.
0: <laughs> The director of the porno also made movies that were titled The Da Vinci Co-Ed and The Witches of Brestwick, just to name a few. So, you know, he's a... Gotta love those spirit. creative yeah. porno <laughs> titles, man. So I They're like the to, real
1: heroes here. Yeah.
0: This lawsuit, uh, you know, I never got to find any information on whether or not Bubba won, but I hope he did.
1: I hope so, too, man, because that's messed up. Yeah.
0: (laughs) It's a lot for his whole family to see like that. Yeah. Uh, And then just... uh, And they're like, this is a
1: movie you made. Oh, man. (laughs) That's so funny.
0: (laughs) I know. I think that was the favoritest thing I saw while researching these things. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Actually, the dad also, Big Bob, uh-huh. who, you know, is the Republican gun-loving former cop dad. Uh-huh. Who dies
1: first. Yeah.
0: When, which was it, surprising.
1: It was. And you lose all hope. In huma- I felt like I lost all hope for their survival. When he died, I was like, he was the smart one. And the movie painted him to be, like, the smart one, which makes me wonder if there's, like, some type of... Uh, uh, Republican agenda. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> With this movie. <laughs> you um, know what I mean? Like, cause they pu- they paint the the writer as the dumb one, and he carries a ball bat into the into the main hive mm-hmm. where the hill people hang out. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they paint him to be the dumb one. Oh, and
0: you know, it- the other thing he did that pissed me off is uh, when he found the walkie talkie, he started screaming into it. Like you could have used that as a tool to
1: track where the hill people were. But, but announce, you
0: have it, dog. He just... had. Ah, No, Doug. he
1: couldn't. He couldn't hold in his uh, excitement that he got one up on him.
0: Yeah. He lived. couldn't
1: just hold it in. You know, he couldn't hold in his pride. He just blew it. All <laughs> <laughs> um, right.
0: Oh, and also the dad. Random thing. He was Buffalo Bill in Silence of the Lambs. Are you kidding? No, I'm not. I uh, think IMBD for so that. So different. Those would be my cats making an appearance again.
1: In case you hear a herd of elephants, uh, Kirsten Ryan has two cats that are orange and identical to each other. Identical orange cats.
0: Yeah, they've made an appearance on every episode so far. and Like I previously said, they don't care about me any other time of the week except for when this recording is happening.
1: (laughs) Anyways. Yes.
0: Uh, And you know what's interesting is, like, you mentioned the dad being this, like, very, you know, the patriarch of the family who gets axed right away. Yeah. I also saw that with Lynn, like, the oldest sister. She was very much managing personalities and navigating those relationships and trying to make sure everyone was happy. Yeah. She was killed instantly, too. So, like, they're really trying to,
1: like, take away any sense of safety that you have any familiarity is just gone which was awesome it made it way as soon as he died i was like this just got a lot scarier Mm -hmm. like well especially the way he died he they burned him on a staff or some kind of they burned him at the stake
0: yeah in front
1: of his family
0: as a distraction as a diversion
1: yeah while um the rape scene was happening. Yeah, which is, yeah.
0: We can't... Uh, let's just I mean, shall we get it. into it now?
1: Because, yeah. I mean, it just came up. So there's a rape scene. It is pretty brutal. And um, so I'll tell you my feelings about this. Okay, so I, I first started watching the movie, and I got about a half an hour in. And I'm like, okay, this is actually kind of slower than I remember, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is a little slower than I remember. And then all of a sudden the dad's burning on the stake and then the rape scene is happening. And then I'm like, you know, I think that this picked up way too fast. That this moved in way too fast. And I was like, you know what? There is never you're never ready for a rape scene. So, I mm-hmm. mean, I will say that it was timed it was timed good. It was it was timed perfectly, but you're never going to be ready for to see that. Yeah. Ever.
0: And, uh, this, that's one of the reasons I was like, oh man, we're going to watch this because this movie feels like an ongoing two hour panic attack to me.
1: I will say like, I tried to watch, um, what's it called? I spit on your grave and I couldn't even, I didn't even really make it that far into the film. That one also has like a lot of rape.
0: Mm-hmm. I did. Um, in a lot of articles I read, it was referenced in the same kind of, uh, genre as this film.
1: Yeah. yeah, that scene, that scene was uh, very difficult to deal with because you are just being introduced to these characters, really. Mm-hmm. Like, they break into the trailer and they're being humanized in that they're smelling things. They're kind of, like, smacking each other around.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you're seeing the hierarchy that's established within their own little hill people system. There's humor there, and then rape. (laughs) So it's like it's like okay, I kind of like this. Whoa, I don't like this anymore at all.
0: (laughs) Pluto, the large zombie, does have a very like childlike way about him, especially when he's interacting with Catherine, the baby.
1: Yeah, um, he's smiling. Pluto's like one of he's like the big dumb ogre looking one. Yeah, he's smiling and he's play like he hears the baby crying. And he, he, his whole face lights up, and he's like, ooh, what's that? And yeah. you as a viewer are just like, oh, shit. Don't do anything with <laughs> the baby. Oh, my god. Yeah,
0: and then later, <laughs> Wizard, the one who, um, like, he rapes Brenda, the teenage daughter, and then has the interaction with Lynn, where he is, like, holding her off by threatening her baby with a gun. And that also was another moment that I was just
1: like, Jesus Christ. Man.
0: (laughs) The only movie I've ever seen to pull a
1: gun on a baby. Yeah, so that was. that was rough. Um, Could they have done without the rape scene? Because I feel like we as comedians always should be asking ourselves because a lot of what uh, uh, some people write can be very, very dark at first. Mm-hmm. Believe me. Look through my journals. It's mm-hmm. not pretty. <laughs> yeah, no, Not at first. You know, and we go through a series of edits before we say anything on stage. And it makes me wonder, what kind of edits were they going through in their writing room? Like, was anybody... Man, what kind of conversations were they hap- having? When they decided to put a rape scene like that in there, mm-hmm. you know, like what, what, like, what were they, I know emotions must have run high, right? Mm-hmm. You can't just throw a rape scene in a, in, in somewhere, you know, hmm. it's just.
0: And I know a lot of reviews that I had read were angry with the film because they felt like they
1: essentially made it for that scene. You think that uh, people think that they made it for that scene? Yeah.
0: Which I think is. I think
1: that scene stole the show, which is messed up. Which is messed up, but yeah, I mean, it did. It did. It's just, it's undeniably uh, messed up. I don't know how. I don't know how to put it, man. All I think about when I when I think about that movie, I instantly think of the rape scene. Exactly. And
0: anyone that I told that I was doing this movie, that's the first. They're like, oh my god, was a
1: messed up rape scene. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's partially. The reason why that is is because you're being faced with the humanity of these people, of the hill people, too. And humor. And it's all being balled into one. And we're not used to seeing it. We're not used to taking it like that. We're not yeah. used to seeing it like that.
0: It's a really uncomfortable place to yeah. be as a viewer because it's such a brutal scene. You And then after Pluto, that huge zombie, you know, is he had tried to rape... Brenda, but really didn't know what sex was. Like, he was just mimicking what he thought it was. And then, you know, you're right. There is that humorous moment where he plays with the baby. And it's just, it's really uncomfortable. Yeah. And
1: I think... We're used to seeing just regular rape and porno. (laughs) Just normal. What kind Hmm. of porno do you watch? Jesus. (laughs) You scroll down and you see, you know... Women's faces looking unhappy, and you're like, yeah, this is kind of playing into a rape fantasy. Mm -hmm. But this doesn't humor the fantasy at all (laughs) in The Hills Have Eyes. It's not, like, it's not a fetish thing at all. I I think they're really going for horror, we want to make you feel messed up for watching yeah. this. And it, yeah, it does. It takes
0: you to a weird, weird place, and yeah. that's why I was hesitant to even do this uh, movie for the episode, because it is such a brutal scene, and it's so uncomfortable, it's so triggering, it's... Ugh. But in that aspect, it achieves scaring the fuck out of you, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, and then the other thing about the rape scene is that it's never, ever talked about the rest of the movie. Like Bobby, the younger brother, and Doug, uh, who are left to work with Brenda Mm -hmm. and, you know, work as a support team for each other. It's never brought up.
1: Yeah. Um, I think the younger brother, little Bobby, he uh, steps up by protecting his sister who got raped. He stepped up by um, getting the gun, you know, <laughs> and which is another point, you know, I'm like, okay, maybe this movie's kind of propaganda a little bit. But, yeah. You know, when he gets a gun, that's when you know he means business. He's going to protect his sister. And, uh, and uh, you know, I think that was the best he could do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that was a good thing that he did that yeah but definitely. uh you don't you know you don't talk about that I don't know you don't that's it's it's true to life mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and it's un- it's hard to talk about you're not you know if you're if uh if I got raped by hill people and my brother kind of walked in afterwards, I don't think uh we would be talking about it <laughs> really i don't it's... I don't really see us talking about that. <laughs> Yeah, oh. also,
0: like, a lot of the reviews I read were very disappointed in Brenda. They said, like, oh, you're just a whiny, crying girl, the majority of the movie. But I have to say... No, are um, you kidding? I know. That, that, okay, Whoa. she's a teenage girl, maybe yeah. 15, maybe 16. Just yeah. saw her sister, her mother, both brutally murdered, raped, uh, and attempted raped by these hill people. Uh, to all the people that were hating on Brenda, I just want to say, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> That's... That's a lot for a teenage girl to go through. And, like, you... I don't know how I would
1: react to something like that. Yeah, people don't know. People are just trying to get a rise out of people. Mm -hmm. And then they say shit like that. It's really ignorant. (laughs) It is. But
0: But then, you know, she comes back later on, and she, um, you know, like, with support from her brother, like you had mentioned, they work together, and they... Well, one of the things they do, I don't exactly agree with. They blow up their trailer. Yeah. And my first thought was, well, that was the one place you had to like try and be safe and have shelter. But
1: yeah, I'm glad you worked together. And but when... at the same time, I was rooting for them. I was like, I really hope that their little matchstick doohickey that they created works, and that 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 hill person dies. You know, I was like <laughs> really hoping for that. But, yeah, that thought did cross my head. I'm like, they're, bro- they're blowing up an entire trailer for one guy. Yeah, where are you going to go? <sighs> and
0: then, actually, he doesn't... And it wasn't even,
1: like, a really, like... I, I don't think he was really one of the one of the really bad ones. I think he was just, like, one that likes to have this, the feast afterwards. You well, know? he was the he one that likes...
0: was in the back seat of the car when the dad was at the gas station. Remember that scene where oh, you yeah. could hear the mutant going, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. Yeah, and then bashed dad's head against the windshield. So I don't think
1: oh, he was a good guy. <laughs> okay, I didn't realize that was him.
0: <laughs> but there is that scene then, um, you know, the explosion doesn't take out that hill person he's alive on the ground and brenda just puts a pickaxe through his head oh yeah and i think in that scene you're seeing brenda um you know kind of come forth and realize like you have to kill or you will be killed yeah eat or be eaten yeah and then the mom i really liked the mom i wish she hadn't been murdered so quickly she uh yeah. Was, like, the hippie lady who became religious and was just kind of, like, sweet to everyone. Yeah. And, then and
1: murdered real quick. Yeah, she was cute. I liked that. And then eaten. Her. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, you know what? Let's yeah.
0: talk about the Hill people a little more. Because I'm interested in what you've been saying about seeing their human side. Yeah. Um, You know, and originally, like, I had grouped this film in with the torture porn genre, but I read a review on Hollywood is Dead, which is a blog, and it said, you know, this isn't torture porn because these are justifiable actions by a people betrayed by their own government. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of stuck with me a little bit, especially, like, when you go to the town and you see the warped physical representation that they live in. Yeah. Like, I actually didn't know this, but um, like, I thought that what they were living in was their town, and for some reason they just had a bunch of mannequins. Yeah. And maybe there was some. There's theme just man- in there. creepy mannequins everywhere. I'm like, what's up with these mannequins? Yeah, but in actuality, the government in that time frame had built fake towns with mannequins inside these fake houses to see how, um, you know, an environment would react to an atomic blast and this town the one that it's actually mo- modeled after in the movie is called Survival Town and it's in Nevada and if you want to feel real weird google images of that cuz they've got like the photos of mannequins sitting around tables of like these hollowed out houses oh wow everything like charred to hell and uh yeah it was it was uh it put it in context a little more for me because i just i assumed that that was their town
1: yeah um yeah me too and then they had like when they were walking through the desert trying to find help, the family, uh, our our main protagonist Doug, he finds like all these. Well, he just finds one of the many craters um, where the hill people would throw uh, victims, cars and stuff, and uh, he's going through like all the cars and. You know, finding cool st- st- stuff to take. You know. yeah, but, yeah. but then they zoom out, and then there's like tons of those craters, like where I guess they had been practicing atomic blasts, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, the hill people just used those little craters to throw people's shit.
0: That's another scene where I kind of hated Doug, because he was like, look at all this cool stuff I found. It's like, come on, dude. Doug, Jesus Christ, look Uh, uh, around. It especially brought me back, um, maybe like five years ago, I volunteered with No More Deaths in the uh, the Arizona desert, Uh which, like, basically it's an organization that helps migrants who are trying to cross the border, but have maybe, like... Don't understand how long the trip actually is and how rugged the trip is. Like, because mm-hmm. when coyotes sell it to immigrants, they're like, oh, yeah, it's like a three hour hike. Don't worry about it. It'll be really easy. But actually, yeah. it's like days of hiking. Oh, wow. Yeah. And um, a lot of people die on that trip because it's so treacherous and the desert is so inhospitable. Yeah. But one of the things that that scene in particular reminded me of is like people will overpack because they underestimate the trip and then they will leave stuff like so when we were out in the desert looking for people you would just see piles of like baby shoes or clothes or books and like like, in my part, I know, like, when I see... They were just trying to lighten their load. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, something bad happened. But, like, I feel like when you see a pile of someone's personal belongings, it brings me back to that. And it's not a good situation. So, like, when Doug was like, look at all this cool shit, I was like, you're such like, a that's fucking rude. idiot.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. The, so, the, the miners, the people who are the hill people were miners,
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, I'm still not entirely clear what happened and why they are the way they are. So there was a nuclear there was a nuclear blast mm-hmm. that they got radiation poisoning from and it, it was an entire not just a family but like a town's worth of people, right? Yeah,
0: they had the mentality of this is our land. We're not leaving.
1: We're not leaving. Okay, okay.
0: And then the government was
1: like, well, we're going to do
0: this testing, so... Yeah. Hope y'all like eating tourists. I don't
1: know. (laughs) Which they do. (laughs) Yeah, they're really good at it, too. It's not a happy situation. No, and there's especially... But um, I am interested in nuclear research and, you know, what the government has done. I think all that's, like, very interesting because uh, it's secretive. A lot of it is, it is very secretive. And
2: mm-hmm.
1: It's dangerous, and oh boy, what a great <laughs> subject for horror! Yeah, I feel like there is a wealth
0: of uh, you know conspiracy theories along this topic. Yeah.
1: You know, Maybe. when I was when I was a kid, actually, gosh, I can't believe I didn't mention this earlier. But when I was a kid, there was this park that I grew up next to, uh, <laughs> called which could could explain a lot, could explain very little, depends on how you <laughs> look at it. But there's this park called the Radioactive Park. And I grew up very close to it, and um, it had a fence built around it and a bunch of playground equipment inside, but no one was allowed inside. No one was allowed to trespass on the property. Um, One time, me and my friends were catching fish in the creek, and one of them had three eyes. So...
0: What? Is (laughs) this in Ohio? This
1: is real. Yeah, it was called the Radioactive Park, and people weren't... It was just a place where... I guess they used to um, experiment or d- do something. I don't. know. I never really researched it that well, but but you didn't. There was grow, radioactivity right? going on there, and we used to just like walk around and swing on the swings, you know. And no one else was ever actually in the park.
0: And you you grew up in like a, a city, right? It's not a yeah, rural well, area that this was in.
1: Um no yeah it was a suburb so a suburb of Jesus. Dayton yeah it was in a suburb yeah. This is crazy. I mean, we used to go there at night. You know, we were all like goth kids, and uh, we go there at night, smoke our weed, and <laughs> wow, I'm definitely googling and that. And drink as soon our, our we're done. MD twenty twenty. <laughs> oh, mad dog. <laughs> and uh, and get sick off of radiation poisoning. It was pretty cool. <laughs>
0: yeah. And how were your other friends that you used to do this with?
1: They, uh... Oh, let's see here. One of them became my boyfriend and he was he wasn't very nice and uh yeah they're I mean they're all stuck in Dayton still you know I don't know this uh everyone's
0: still alive though yeah
1: everyone's still alive there no one no one actually got sick from it or anything to my knowledge but yeah I mean radiation poisoning is like a that's a that is a no no just stay away <laughs> ah!
0: don't play in radioactive Marie Curie bark.
1: I tried to uh, Marie Curie is a you know she discovered radioactivity right mm-hmm. um I don't know I've always been kind of interested in this whole radioactive s- stuff it's so weird because you can't see it you can't smell it can't taste it touch it
2: you know mm-hmm. but it it's will so kill weird
1: you. it just kills you mm-hmm. yeah weird and it mutates and it's crazy it is scary it's scary yeah
0: um, you know, when Doug is wandering around the radioactive town, he you know he goes into the house, mm-hmm. the second house where the baby Catherine is taken, and there's Big Brain. The, Big Brain. Um, yeah, that that is the mutant that freaked me out more than the other ones.
1: He was the he was the grossest looking one. He's just sitting in a a rocking chair, and you know he's he's a lifer.
2: Mm-hmm. For that
1: rocking chair, and because his brain is so big, it hangs over the t- the edge of the rocking chair. It kind of looks like a, like a ball sack or some kind of. I don't know. I don't know. It has it has like a shine to it, but also a little hair.
0: Yeah. Real, <laughs> real unpleasant.
1: Yeah, man. It looks like the like his brain is is just like pregnant. And you originally,
0: know. like I had felt pity for them because. He's telling Doug, you've made us what we've become, you know? Like, this is your fault in mainstream society. Yeah. But then a few moments later, when Pluto is battling with Doug, Big brain starts mocking Doug and saying, "Yeah, "Uh, don't kill me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't kill me. Don't kill me. (laughs) And then Pluto laughs, too, and then I'm like, kill all of them. Just kill all of
1: them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just fucking had it with this movie (laughs) hand can't take it anymore but that's another it's stressful yeah where you
0: feel so uncomfortable you don't know how to feel like here's this brutal murder scene and the two hill people are mocking him yeah (laughs) we're gonna kill your baby and you (laughs) it's hilarious yeah actually the mutants I read were it's, it's kind of up for debate, but they were inspired by a Scottish clan. Uh-huh.
2: Uh,
0: a clan run by Alexander Swanee Bean. I think I'm preso- pronouncing that right. I don't know.
1: Swanee Bean? Swanee Maybe. Bean. <laughs> yeah.
0: But they were a family in the 15th century. They had, uh, he and his wife had eight sons, six daughters, and then from there built an incestuous clan of about 30 people. They lived in caves, would only come out at night, They'd rob and kill travelers and then eat them, and it's believed to—they've believed to have killed over a thousand people.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And and this is like, no one knows
1: if this is true or not. Mm-hmm.
0: Everything I found—it
1: uh, sounds like uh, too good to be true. <laughs> <laughs> too good to be true. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds ideal, actually. <laughs> so they're living off the land, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Oh, Oh,
0: shit. I'm never going camping with you.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I've actually never been in public.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Um, Yeah, so there's no... No, way, real way to tell like if these this family actually existed. Everything referred to them as semi-mythical. Uh-huh. So, you know, they probably ate and killed a few people and then everybody just got, you know, played telephone with it and, mm-hmm. and now it's had a thousand people. But yeah, if yeah. you're related
1: to that family, you know, contact us. us <laughs> you know, I think I think that family might have they might have came into where I used to work at the strip club. Oh no. In Dayton. <laughs> Mills had eyes on me. <laughs> <laughs> How was that as a job
0: experience?
1: I, I was, uh, I danced at a really hole-in-the-wall strip club in Dayton. It's called KC Lounge. I danced there for two weeks. And it was, uh... It was quite eventful. Um, some guy said I had a nice turd cutter, oh. and I had to get the hell out of there. I was basically like, "I'm just doing this because my friend Rachel's doing it, and and she's doing it because her mom did it, and her mom's mom did." It. Oh, this <laughs> sounds like a
0: family it, tradition.
1: It was, okay. man. It was weird, and she was my she was my she was my best friend, and she worked there, and her mom worked there, and she would always uh, tell stories. Uh, all the other, uh, like the old bartender that worked there, she'd tell stories. She'd be like, I remember Rachel when she was a baby. And she would get up on the stage and pull her pants off. And <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> this is real. Like oh, wow. <laughs> That's so uh, funny. Is Rachel but, yeah, still just, there? Uh, yeah, she's still. Uh, not. I don't think at that club. Mm-hmm. But uh, she's, she's somewhere ambling around Dayton. Mm -hmm. and what was uh what made you move on from this place um there was just it was just dirty and you had to come in for a shift and work for eight hours uh minimum you had to work eight hours and you weren't allowed to leave the building because if you worked at a strip club in Dayton and you wanted to leave the building that meant that you were going to smoke crack (laughs) Oh. <laughs> and so you weren't allowed to leave the building, and I thought that was pretty, it was pretty sketch. Mm-hmm. Um, Plus I, eight hours is
0: a long time.
1: Yeah, man. And I came in on my first shift, I wore uh, just my bra and underwear. I had like some Cookie Monster panties. And mm-hmm. like the, this other dancer, she her name was Renee. She was the veteran. Uh, she felt bad for me and she gave me some clothes. Or lack thereof, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, yes, yeah, so, I don't know. They were they were nice to me for the most part. Sometimes,
0: mm-hmm. that's one thing that so,
1: uh, you know. I feel like in this country, the people from the hills have eyes. Actually, came and saw me there. So <laughs> <laughs> the, the hill, people.
0: But do you feel they like were regulars
1: <laughs> in in
0: this country. You know, we like. Sex work is something that's always going to happen, like if it's dancing or any other kind of work in that industry. Yeah, and I feel like we have the potential to make it safe, make it lucrative, make it. So hey, if you wanted to, you could leave during your eight-hour shift, but like, yeah, the way that we stigmatize it here, you know, it it ruins it as an industry for like potential. Everything good has jobs. to be
1: under everything has to be under the radar. Mm-hmm. So if something does happen it's like oh we can't call the cops because uh you know we're not even supposed to be here yeah exactly (laughs) Like, you know like it's it's like uh, gosh yeah and then then they all they always pound it in your head oh this is this place is really safe we're concerned about your safety it's like okay (laughs) well once you have to have that lecture with somebody that means it's not safe (laughs) exactly and predators know that you know oh yeah They prey on that. That's why I'm
0: always very envious of countries in Europe where you know they realize that this type of job, be it you know like stripping or or anything, it's Mm going to happen. So make it safe and protect the people for
1: real. Right. Just like living in a hill and eating people, it's going (laughs) to (laughs) happen. Just just let them do it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I'm curious. I'm, still, I'm sorry, I'm still stuck on that. It's gonna happen. Just, it's gonna happen. Just let it happen. <laughs> I guess, um, I'm wondering any themes that you sensed in The Hills Have Eyes? Anything
1: that jumped out at you? Um, I would say, like, theme-wise, the number one thing was don't be a government that tests nuclear stuff on a neighborhood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If they don't want to move, leave it alone. <laughs> Don't test, if there's people living there, don't test nuclear stuff there. And then that, and then uh, gun- the guns, obviously, was like a huge, I mean, that's, I'm like, really, t- I'm like, is this Republican propaganda that I'm tricked into watching right now? Mm-hmm. Did I just get tricked into watching this again for the second time? Because, you know, it has that... I'm just like I don't know or is it not or is it just that uh, guns kill people and they kill hill people and sometimes that's good. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, depending on the person.
0: Well, oh, I also I wonder that too though because like the big you know, did guns save the day? Yeah, they did. Big Bob, who was like the Republican uh, character, he, he was killed
1: real quick and guns yeah. didn't save
0: him. So maybe it's kind of saying that that isn't
1: how yeah. it is. That's, that's true. Could be up it for makes us think. It makes you think about it.
0: Mm-hmm. And actually the guy who did save the day was the wimpy, annoying guy, Doug.
1: Yeah with his bat. But because he got a gun. Oh, he did get
0: that. Gun <laughs> That's right. You are right. He didn't
1: get anything done. He did get a little bit done with the ball bat. When he walked into the I I call it the hive. Mhm. It's a good when, name for it. <laughs> he walked into the hive with the ball bat and he took out he took out uh one of the bosses. Yeah, so it's like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. They maybe they do have an agenda. Maybe they don't." Bobby kills one of the, uh, when Bobby starts getting all overprotective of his sister and stuff, he uh, gets a hold of a gun, and he kills one of the hill people that are crawling underneath the, uh, the rafters of the trailer or whatever it is. He kills one, he shoots it, he points the gun down and shoots it. Mm. Um, so the gun won mm-hmm. that time. I don't know. But that is definitely a theme. And I would say it's geared more on the on the right side than the left side. You know, it's more geared towards a uh,
0: Yeah, because guns it's are kind good. of like the idea of Doug accepting violence
1: and yeah. like, using guns and And then we're supposed to be made to feel good about that because he's winning. hmm So we're we feel good about that. We're not like, oh no, he he gave in to the one thing he hates the most. We don't feel bad about it. No, we're like, thank God he finally got there. Yeah, we're like, man, finally, this (laughs) pussy. God. (laughs) Now we can get this movie over with.
0: (laughs) Well, that's another thing, too. Like, the main theme for me in this movie is just the anxiety. Like, there's never a moment of feeling safe. And, like, when I was texting you, I had said, uh, oh, God, I just made it through the first attack.
1: Uh, you know, yeah. And then you
0: responded, the whole movie is an attack.
1: I was like, oh, yeah, that, that is The very whole true. movie is a panic attack.
0: Yeah, even in movie. the end when they're reunited. Like, Which is
1: what I like in a horror movie. I'm <sighs> like, if it's going to be a horror movie, no, no pussyfooting around it. Just make it scary, damn it. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and even in that end scene where you think they're safe and they've won... The camera pulls out, and you realize they're being watched through binoculars.
1: And yeah. then it ends. You're just like, shit! They're going to be eaten in like
0: three seconds! Oh. <laughs> Is there anything else uh, in this movie that we haven't covered that you'd like to touch on? Final thoughts?
1: No. I'm, I mean, I just want you. I want you all to go watch it and think of me. <laughs> and that's my life. <laughs> I'm never going to Ohio, my life as a stripper <laughs> was like the hills have i no i don't know I just really i just liked it artistically is um i mean if we're t- if we could talk about the cinematography of it mm-hmm. um it's uh very cool. I didn't see any issues there,
0: yeah, and uh, honestly the landscape made you feel
1: helpless as well, yeah, like, it was there's... just like here is a Still image of the mountains, mm-hmm. and then oh, they got a they got an image of a uh, vulture. Oh, yeah, oh, it was yeah, a vulture, yeah. man.
0: I do remember that. Yeah, we, you movie. see,
1: you cut to the vulture, and I'm like, hell yeah,
0: mm-hmm. hell
1: yeah, man. They got a vulture. <laughs> that was cool. I liked seeing that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> the vulture had a much better run than the parrot. Uh, <laughs> Poor yeah. parrot.
1: Yeah. Well, everyone dies in the end. I
0: guess, yeah, that's the major theme of this movie. You can't
1: outrun death. You (laughs) can't. You can just make it cool. (laughs) Is it cool, Kristen? (laughs) You can sell it. You can sell the idea of death and make a lot of money off of it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, it's been a pleasure talking with you about The Hills Have Eyes. Thank you. And uh, I peering enjoyed it. into your experience of growing up in Ohio, <laughs> which I yeah. will
1: never go to. Yeah. Uh, watch you- Watch Gummo. Oh, God. Uh, is that from there? That one's actually about the aftermath of the Xenia tornado, which happened, in, I think, 1996. And uh, it's about people who lived... Uh, in that after the tornado and basically they're all um very uh small-minded people and it, i'll just say that and uh it's it's very un unco- it's very unsettling i think if you liked the hills have eyes you would like gummo <laughs> uh, and maybe it, you should it move wasn't to it Ohio. It's, it's a harmony Corrine. it's a it's a harmony Corrine film he did kids he did spring breakers and uh That's a gummo, my friend Sarah Jane turned me on to it. My friend Sarah, we used to be, we were like ride or die buddies. In Dayton, at one point, we thought that maybe we wanted to kill animals because we just wanted to be as cool as the people in that film. It's a messed up film. That was a messed up thing I just said. And how uh, old were you? <laughs> <laughs> they were like high, high school, like old enough to know better, like uh-huh. you know. So we were, we were like, yeah, we would like entertain that thought with each other. The darkness is real, uh, <laughs> and it's inside us all. I feel like it's... I just need to hug you for a while. No, 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 no! Don't, don't fucking touch me. I'm <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> the darkness is real it lives in us all and i think it's important that we entertain these ideas with each other sometimes because um if you let them build up inside that's how uh terrible shit happens so yeah that's yeah, it's good to tell this is a very good i think this is a very good idea for podcasts um you know because we need to talk about the the thing, the, the horrible. We need a minute to talk about the horrible and not constantly be judged for it. And they're uh, you know, like, oh, well, yeah. You know, after after somebody listens to this uh, podcast, people are going to say, oh, Kristen Lumberg uh, is, ate a baby. <laughs> and they'll go and say that. But I don't give a shit. <laughs> say it. <laughs> so you don't want to split that baby then? Entertain or? it. No, we can speak, talk about eating the baby later okay. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Just as long as it doesn't make any fucking noise. <laughs> <laughs> for the podcast, because we, cause it'll get in the speakers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, Bad. You have been a delight, yeah. as always. Uh, are there any projects coming
1: up you would like to plug? Um, Absolutely. There's... Okay, yeah. so on February 12th, I am headlining a show at the Celtic Crown. It's for the uh, Title Bout Comedy Challenge. It starts at 8 p.m. Uh, there's a lot of great comedians in uh, the Chicago comedy community that will be competing for a $500 grand prize. And that's going to be, it's it's going to be fun. I actually headlined it the last time. Uh, really, you know, I just, I just, really, I just talk while they're tallying up the votes. <laughs> <laughs> they call it headlining, but it's really when people pay the least attention. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, I'm I'm very excited to do that show.
0: And then the, is it the third week of February? You're going to be out in L.A.?
1: Yeah, the third week of February I'm going to be in L.A. I'm doing uh, Comedians You Should Know in L.A. At the Improv. It Ooh. just moved to the Improv. It's it pretty awesome. awesome. Shout out Chris Redd. Hello. Um, Grace Lusk. Hello. Oh, I uh, miss Grace so much. I know. I, do, I love her. She is a crazy woman. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, L.A., you're lucky to have her.
1: <laughs> you got. Um, and then uh, I'm doing a showcase at UCLA. And I'm doing um, one for my buddy Wade Herder, and another one, and I'll probably do an open mic, and drop six thousand hits of acid. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? I'm staying out of those mountains, that's for sure.
2: Yeah,
0: stay the way <laughs> stay away from the hills. Uh, that's been Kristen Logberg. I'm Kristen Ryan, and this has been Bloody Mary. Have a good night. Goodbye.